It's four past ten here on Mornings with Ian Smith and a man who knows everything about having a good time is Dean Lonigan. He joins us to talk boxing. G'day, Dino. How are you, mate? Very well, Ricardo. Is Smithy overseas, is he? He's in Perth at the moment, yeah. Um, Fox Sport have poached him to uh, be part of the commentary team for the Windy Series. Mate, how good is that? They obviously rate him as a commentator because he uh, he's world class. There's no doubt about that. Mate, you're not wrong. Smithy is, is one of the best kicking around, I reckon. And, uh, you know, we're lucky to have him here, mate, to be fair. But uh, good to see him uh, getting that opportunity with Fox uh, over over in Oz, uh, part of that Australian commentary uh, set up and keeping the Aussies honest, which, you know, takes some doing, as you'd, you'd be well aware. Oh, it's not easy. I can promise you that. <laughs> now, Dino, uh, lots are going on in the world of uh, boxing this weekend. Uh, I'm not sure where we should start. Maybe let's start with David Light, part of the... Uh, uh, the team uh, at Peach Boxing it's ranked sixth in the WBO in the cruiserweight division. He takes on Brandon Glanton, who's ranked seventh uh, this weekend over in Florida. Florida, his second fight over in Florida in a few months. He wins this a WBO title shot is uh, on the line. You reckon? Well, potentially, yeah, he can be taken on Lawrence Coley, but we'll wait and see if that's the case. He's got a very big fight ahead of him in, in, in Glanton. Glanton's very, very tough, got an incredible knockout percentage, and it's a real fight. It's by far and away David's toughest fight to date. He fought a Cuban in Florida about four or five months ago who he knocked out in the second or third round, which is quite an astounding performance from Dave. But if he can get past this one, maybe he fully deserves a title shot. But I'll be dubious to see if it is really an eliminator, because both guys sit at five and six, and you've got sort of one, two, and three, and four ahead of them. They'll be looking for their own title shots. So uh, let's just wait and see what's uh, happening because sometimes promoters can take a little bit of license, as you know. Yes, I know. Yeah. Now, now I, I watched a bit of um, bulletproof Brandon Glanton's uh, last couple of fights. Um, that left hook is a lethal weapon, but he he seems to walk forward with his head down a bit, mate. And he looks from what I saw the fight that uh, the last fight I saw of his, he got hurt by the uppercut a couple of times. So there there are ways that David can really um, pick him apart. I think. One of great Dave's great strengths is that he's got a fantastic coach in Isaac Peach. And Peachy, I think, is he's running a little centre of New Zealand, if not global, excellence out in West Auckland slash the Waitakere's, where he's got his five-acre farm and his boxing gym sort of overlaid on top of that. Isaac's an outstanding coach, and if there are any deficiencies in Glanton's game, and every boxer, no matter who you are, has deficiencies, mate, he will find them and try and exploit them. Mate, it's a, yeah, another another famous son from from West Auckland. I don't know if he ever ran around for the Glenora Bears, but uh, he's he's doing West Auckland proud still. I don't think for one second he ran around for the Glenora Bears or indeed the Suburbs Rugby Club or the Waitamata Rugby League Club or Mount Albert, all those other great West Auckland clubs. But uh, Peachy certainly had a, history, a great history in boxing. Um, you know, and like I said, he's one of the outstanding trainers, probably you know the second best trainer in New Zealand or of New Zealand origin behind Kevin Barry. Yeah. But uh, very, very uh, close to uh, to catching up to Kev because I've got no doubts that he will have a couple of world champions in the very near future. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Andre Mikhailovich is, is in there, Jerome Pamplone is in there, and of course Mia as well. It looks like Mia's got a big opportunity coming up too. Yeah, Mia Motu, uh, she won in Dubai only, I think, one or two weeks ago. And, uh, of course, Pamplone and uh, Mikhailovich are both in my stable. And, mate, I've got to tell you, they're exciting, exciting young men. They've had a fantastic year this year, knocking blokes out left, right and centre and proving their worth. So uh, they're going to kick on to greater greater things and is putting, uh, putting some plans in place right now. So it's, it's a very interesting time, I can tell you that. Yeah, mate, exciting time. i tell you, another bloke uh, who's pretty exciting who's also part of your stable is Justice Huni. Uh, he had a great fight against Kiki Lutelli. You, you would have learned a lot from that fight because Kiki really pushed him and that was a tough, tough fight and a, and a good win for Justice. 
Mike Kiki was a, come across in incredible shape and put up an incredible fight. And based on that, here we get a lot more fights going forward, particularly in the States where guys want to test themselves. You know, Kiki, uh, we were very impressed with his durability, his fitness, and, his, you know, he can throw some big bombs and his ability to take punishment. Goodness me, he had a black eye that, as bad as I've ever seen uh, two or three days after the fight. He did take an enormous amount of punishment. And Justice is one of the best up-and-comers on the planet in the heavyweight division, just going to the top of WBO and make not too many fights away before he's got a, uh, a world heavyweight shot himself. Yeah, how's his hand? I mean, he's, he apparently broke his hand in that Lutelli fight. It's the second time he's done it. Are, are you guys concerned at all? Mate, didn't break the hand. He's just got some bruising to it. He's, uh, he can now close it. So another one to two weeks, and he'll go back to the specialist to see if it's broken. Uh, just some ligament damage, and uh, time will tell us you know, that long it takes to heal. One of the problems has been Justice and his dad decided to move away from what they call foam gloves into a composite horsehair and foam glove where it doesn't offer as much protection for the hand or for the knuckle, but uh, they're called a puncher's glove and they allow you to punch harder because your knuckle's more exposed and made it hurts a lot more. But of course, what's happening is you've got these uh, Justice hasn't got the biggest hands in the world and they're connecting on people's faces and it's bone, whether it be a forehead or whether it be a cheek. And his hands have been taking some punishment, so I think he's going to move back to the uh, to the phone call one hundred percent. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, uh, hopefully we uh, see Justice get that uh, title shot soon, mate, and he, and he can stay healthy. Uh, another guy that we like to keep an eye on, mate, is uh, our very own Joe Parker, someone you've had a lot to do with. He's back in the UK at the moment. The talk is he's going to have another fight early next year in 2023. Um, I'm not sure who that's going to be against. Dillian White, I guess, kind of makes sense for both guys. What do you reckon? Well, a Dylan White fight would be amazing for Joe because I think Dylan's past his best and I think Joe would beat him and beat him quite comfortably. And I think I, I get asked a lot about Joe Parker and people say, oh, he's done this, he's, you know, he's, he's finished. And I'm going, no, he's not. Joe's got a huge career in front of him. He's probably making in excess of a million dollars a fight and he's only one, maybe two fights away from getting right back into world title contention. You know, like a Dylan White, a win against a Dylan White or in a fight like that, mate, he's right back in the game. So uh, expect some great things out of Joe Parker over the next bloody, you know, next one to three, two fights, and that's all he needs to win to get back where he was. So, uh, you know, don't write Joe Parker off yet. There's plenty more to come in that story. Yeah, well, I mean, he's only he's thirty and three, right? And it's it's long gone are the days where you had to have a clean record or only one loss before you could get a title fight because that heavyweight division is just so competitive now. Everyone's beating everyone else. Well, exactly, with the exception of Tyson Fury and Alexander Ursik. And where the, uh, you know, you can probably thank the UFC for uh, not, you know, for throwing guys into big fights and guys take losses where they still get title shots. And it's not the end of your career if you take a loss. And then you don't have to go through your career unbeaten, you know, to get to the top and make good money. And Joe's certainly still at the top making good money. And, uh, you know, whether or not he gets a title shot again, well, it's going to come down to who he fights and how well he fights. But I can promise you this, he's making serious money along the way. At the end of the day, you know, the goal for Joe Parker when we signed him was two things. One, he comes out wealthy, but secondly, he comes out healthy. And I think you're going to find that, Joe, that that's the case with Joe Parker. He's going to have, you know, he's had a very successful career to date. He's going to continue to have a successful career. And when he retires, mate, he's going to be very, very well off and in a perfect world, still very healthy. Yeah, which would be great. Uh, I mean, a man who he, who lives off his jab. I, I remember when we uh, went up to Bethlehem, PA, um, for his first pro fight in the US and, and got to meet Larry Holmes. He's another man who, who lived off the jab and has done very well and stayed healthy and wealthy. Mate, that's, uh, you've got a great memory, Ricardo. That was a great trip. Where did we go? It was Pennsylvania, wasn't it? 
and uh, we went to where was it? We went to the Rocky Steps. We did all sorts of cool stuff on that trip, mate. It was fantastic. And then up to yeah, Bethlehem, uh, the Sands Casino, wasn't it? And uh, we took the butcher up there as well. It was a, it was a great trip. And that's where we had. We also uh, that was where the ironworks was, wasn't it? The yeah. iron factory. Yeah, that's the one. Mate, they, they, they did great, th- I know it's slightly off topic, they did great things with that facility because it was an old, it's, they built a lot of the World War II US ships there and then floated them back down the river. Uh, and a lot of that obviously wasn't being used anymore, but they turned it into a gig venue and they just had these big events and there were just gigs on every night while we were there. That was superb. Yeah, of course, a man who likes a gig like yourself because you do have a rock background. Uh, it was a perfect place for you to be. I forgot you're on that trip, but it was a beauty. It was, mate. It was. It was good times, Dino. It was good times. Hey, we should finish by talking Tyson Fury. You've mentioned him. He fights Derek Chisora this weekend. Um, this feels like a, a, a bit of a laydown for for Tyson. I mean, Derek. You talk about Dillian White being past his best. I think Derek's well past his best, isn't he? And this is just a make some bank for for Tyson. This fight. Oh, it's a combination of make some money for Tyson and make some money for Derek Chisora. I think they're great mates. And I think Tyson Fury's gone, I want to put, want to see my mate out with some serious coin in his back pocket. Of course, this was supposed to be the fight where Tyson Fury took on Anthony Joshua. And they uh, the deal was made at 60-40, which was a split on net profit uh, for a fight like that, of which there'd probably be 30 to 40 million quid net profit, I would have thought. And uh, Joshua's team couldn't uh, couldn't make the deal based on commercial consideration around sponsorship and the like. It's an absolute joke because Fury definitely wanted that fight. And I think Joshua's people after taking two losses against Ursic, didn't want to take a third loss, even though Joshua might have been keen for the fight. I don't think Eddie Hearn was. So it's a real shame that's not happening. So instead, you've got Derek Chisora versus Tyson Fury. But the power of Tyson Fury in terms of draw at the box office, apparently they sold 60,000 tickets uh, to this event at Tottenham Stadium. And, mate, um, it should be a massive night. Well, of course, we'll get to see it here, I think, on Sky Sport uh, in the morning on Sunday. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. But I would expect that Tyson Fury will be beating Derek Chisora. They've made some sort of pact in the media that they're going to go to centre ring and just start throwing down. And if that happens, that'll be nothing short of magnificent. Yes, it'll be a short night, but geez, it'll be entertaining if it happens. Yeah, it'll be great, mate. I look forward to that. Uh, in, t- in terms of AJ then, I mean, this is a case of uh, what Eddie Hearn taking away. He needs to get, what, another two, three wins under his belt before they take the Tyson Fury fight to, to make the bank that they want out of it. Is that what you're thinking? Now, what will happen is this, is that uh, the IBF has ordered that Herkovic, uh, who, Philip Herkovic, who's with a company called Wasserman, who we've had quite a bit to do with, and, and Matchroom, he's the number one mandatory to Ursic. So the IBF has ordered that Ursic has to fight Herkovic next to maintain his IBF belt. What you'll see happen is Ursic will throw that belt in and say, thank you very much, but I don't want this anymore. He'll turn around and fight Tyson Fury without that belt. and They'll make probably $50 million each out of that. But what you'll see is the next available contender will be lined up to fight Philip Herkovic. And guess who the next available contender is? Anthony Joshua. There you go. There we go. So Anthony Joshua will be, way back in, will be back in the picture because he beats Herkovic easily. Mate, he'll be the IBF champion again. And all of a sudden, you've got three people in the division who have got a claim to the belt. And that'll just make things a lot more juicy and a lot more interesting. So, And the reason why Joshua would do that, too, is when you're a world champion, you bring a lot more negotiating power to the table. So, uh, mate, all, uh, all power to them. Eddie's played the game pretty well. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens over the next three to four months. But I'm pretty sure that the deal between Ursic and Fury will go ahead and you'll see that fight take place in the Middle East. Yeah, good stuff, Dino. Hey, listen, mate, thanks very much for giving us some time today, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well. Have a great weekend. 
too easy, my man. Talk soon. Yeah, we'll do. Dean Lonigan there with us, talking fight sports, talking the boxing. Coming up shortly, we have the panel. Lavina Good and Sarah Cowley-Ross join us. We're going to talk the Breakers winning, the Black Sox losing, the new Warriors jersey, the FIFA World Cup, and Sir Murray Helberg.